When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pleasant good morning to everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown. Here's the guest menu for today, November the 25th. We'll be joined by, of course, Charles Etman of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Also joining us, uh, Larry Harrell, former Southern University football player. Also, Brett Clark, former Southern University football player. And we're scheduled to have former Grammar State quarterback Bruce Eugene. Here's what's just trending, just trending on the Carlos Brown Show. It's the 50th edition of the annual Bayou Classic uh, for bragging rights. They get started today at 1 p.m. We'll get into the statistics, our analysts analysis of the football game. We'll get all of that for you. Here's what else is trending on the Coles Brown show. Texas Southern University will not renew the contract of Coach McKinney. His five-year tenure at Texas Southern University is up. We want to wish the best uh, Coach McKinney and his future, future endeavors. Also, Coach Fred McNair is reported will not retain his offensive coordinator and special teams coach. We'll definitely ask Charles Evan about that. Also, North Carolina Central today in the FCS playoffs against Richmond. Best of luck to North Carolina Central and congratulations to Prairie View and them Panthers, the Western Division football champs. They will now 
played for the title against uh, Florida A&M University. That's what's trending here on the Colos Brown Show. Uh, Southern University and Grambling State, both teams five and five overall, four and three in conference. No Western Division championship is at stake like in previous years, but a lot to play for. Now, this rivalry is more like family. You know, you compete on the field. Academically, you compete, but it's not the type of uh, very dislike uh, type of game. It is family. And for Southern University, uh, interim coach, and Coach Terrence Graves and also Coach uh, Sean Wallace. This game means a lot to uh, both institutions. You had the Battle of the Bands last night, step shows, uh, concerts. It's a chance to brag about this uh, victory, this football game, uh, the rest of the year and the upcoming new year until the 51st annual uh, Bayou Classic. Coach Hugh Jackson, his second Bayou Classic, he boldly stated that he's gonna, they're going to win this football game. We shall see. Uh, we'll look at both from the standpoint of offensively and defensively, special teams. I kind of went through those lists and put check marks who I think is the favorite as far as on offense, defense, and special teams. So, with that being said, we're going to take a quick timeout. Um, our guests are in. And when we come back, we'll visit with, of course, Charles Edmund and Brett Clark. Uh, talking about playing in the Bayou Classic. Also, Brett, what he's doing now, family life and all of that. It's the 50th annual Bayou Classic coming up at 1 p.m. Central on national television, NBC. Can the Jaguars get it done? And then, after this game is over with, then Southern University and A.D. Banks, they have to get about the business of selecting the next head football coach. All that's coming up. You're watching the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I shall return. Itchy. Squirmy. Scratchy. Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. 
thamptonlaw.com. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Stride K-12 Powered Schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll now be joined by Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network and Brett Clark, former Southern University football offensive lineman. Gentlemen, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Well, Charles, it's the Bayou Clacks coming up, and um, I invited a former football player at Southern University, Brett Clark, who uh, – I believe came with Steve Walford, <laughs> famous running back at Southern University. Yeah, I, but... <laughs> I, I came two years after, yeah. Okay, yes, sir. But, um, hey, Brent, uh, pleasure to have you on to uh, kind of talk about this Bayou Classic, and it's the 50th edition, but you experienced it. You played in it. Um, y- y- your thoughts on, on, on the Bayou Classic and, and what it means to the university and what did it mean to you as a former player? Uh you know, I, I think it's it's so historic for these two universities to play in this game. It's, just, you know, Grambling Southern, two of the top HBCUs in the country, started it off. For me as a player, when I came in, I came in as a junior out of California at a junior college. I played with Steve Wofford in high school, and he got me out there. And I didn't understand the magnitude of it when I first got there. And then after I played in it the first year, I understood it. And then my senior year was Eddie Robinson's last game. Mm. So, so I got to play in Eddie Robinson's last game. Um which was all the pageantry and everything else of him leaving and retiring. Um, never lost, never lost Eddie Rob. So that, that was a, that was a good thing, but you know, he, what he meant to that program and what Pete Richardson met, meant to our program. Um, it's just, it's great. It, New Orleans embraces everybody that comes down to that game. Uh, I remember going out after the game. That was to see everybody out there celebrating, you know, having a good time. Um, Especially if you if you go outside the stadium when everybody was still tail, tailgating, 
you still had the you know people out there, people giving you food and stuff like that. I, that's what I loved about it. I loved the, the family atmosphere from both both sides. Well, and, and you know, you see it from a, a, a different perspective, Brett. Um, you know, being at, at that last game with Coach, uh, the late great Coach Eddie Robinson. Um, but in that locker room, talk about that. I, I've heard about some of the uh, uh, speeches that were given, like from Coach Graves. Coach Richardson, more of a, to me, a, a quiet type. But talk about that moment before you go on to the football field. And Brett, I used to love that all the players came out with their hands held together yeah. and, and, and up high. But just talk about that behind the scenes. I mean, you know, Coach Richardson would give speeches, but there's not any speech that I remember because it was about doing your job. Mm-hmm. You were, they brought you to that university. They expect you to do what you were supposed to do. And everything else would take care of itself. Um, you know, Coach Vite would give speeches to the defense. Coach Orlando, uh, you know, Coach Dooley was was our running backs receivers coach back mm-hmm. then. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a lot of rah rah. Our offense was pretty much gelled in. We knew what we were supposed to do. Um, and if you go back to those years, those two years that I was there, I think our offensive line stayed together for two two years, three years, and we just knew what we were supposed to do. It wasn't anything, you know, no one had to beat on the chest or beat on the lockers. Um, it was more cerebral. Okay. We're going to do this. We know what they're going to do. You know, things happen. So we have to be able to change. We have to adjust. And we were able to do that. I mean, when you had a running back like Steve Wofford, you had, you had an offensive line, you know, Chris Williams was on that offensive mm-hmm. line. Uh, uh, Baptiste, uh, I'm trying to think all oh, you got Randy Peaches, um, Corey Spann, Calvin Bishop, myself, and then the guys that were behind us because we were in that racehorse offense where we rotated a lot. We had a strong side and a weak side, and um, I was pretty much me and Quentin Briscoe were the centers, and most two years I didn't really rotate a lot. They left me in. Um, Quentin would come in every once in a while, and then when I left the next year, he was the guy. you know. And so our offensive line knew what we were supposed to do. Our receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, we all knew what we were supposed to do. You know, it was we watched a lot of film. We took care of that in the practice stuff. So when it came game time, there wasn't a lot of, oh, you know, we got to do this. We got to do that. It was let's just go do our job and we'll we'll be successful. In other words, Brett, it sounds like you guys were prepared. Yes. You know, um, the motions are, are great, but it comes down to uh, execution and, and X's and O's. And, you know, Brett, you, you often talk about, you know, in general, uh, the team takes on the attributes or the personality of their coach. Just listen to you talk about Coach Rich and how coming in that Bayou Classic, that team was prepared. And, you know, emotions came second. But if we prepare, we take care of business. We come out and uh, uh, get the W. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at any successful program anywhere in sports, the teams that are the most prepared, they're not very emotional. They don't want their emotions because emotions can get you up here and then they can drop you down to here. And you, right. you can be in control and out of control really fast. And it'll cost you games. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it'll cost you losses, wins, losses in any sport. Um, but I think we did take that, you know, Pete Richardson's, his demeanor of we're prepared. Mm-hmm. We're going to do what we do. it. I know Pete would get emotional on the sidelines sometimes, but very rarely. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, it's And then – you know, I was fortunate enough. I played two years and then I coached in 99. I was I was a student assistant there and I got to see the other side of, of, right. the, of the classic because I had never been to a battle of the bands or halftime shows or anything like that because we were in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to see that 
the next year and that experience of that was great, but the coaches, how they prepared and, you know, and I think it prepared me because I've been around a lot of good coaches in my, my career. And, and that's kind of shaped how I, how I've become a coach. Charles Edmond. Good morning, sir. Question or two for Brett Clark. Man, I, I you know, I'm a Gremlin Knight. Graduated in uh, <laughs> 1991. And, I, and, 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 you know, Gremlin shaped my life. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Gremlin State University. Gremlin's their motto is everybody is somebody. And so that's, you know, that that is their mantra even to this day. I didn't, you know, Carlos talked about the rivalry, you know, how most rivalries are intense and heated. But I learned over a period of years that this rivalry, even though it's it's intense on the football field, it's been a lot at stake in some years, the division title, for this rivalry to be what it is when the game is over with, you know, everybody hugs and, and shakes hands. I mean, that's something that you just don't see too often anymore because of the stakes are so much higher now. Talk, you know, you've been through this thing. Talk a little bit about that and just, just the friendliness of this rivalry between these two teams. I learned that later in life, but it, it has continued to this day. I never, you know, playing on the field, I mean, it. it, it you're, you don't want to lose that game. Whatever, whatever team you are, you do not want to lose that game. But in the, in the, you know, in the hour of battle, that was, that's where you didn't like each other. And after it was over, it was over. You did your job. You shook hands. You respected the other person. Um, you know, it's, I've got, I moved out here to Georgia three years ago and my daughter's playing soccer and I was at a soccer practice. And one of the other dads, he played at Grambling in like the late eighties. Mm. And we sat and talked and had a great time talking about it. And, you know, he talked about how they won and I talked about how we won when I played and we had a good time. Um, what's funny is he he's, he's a white gentleman as well. So it was, it was funny because we both had the same perspective of being there and he went there because it was the only place offered him a scholarship and he ended up playing. Uh, but we we had a great time. I see him all the time at soccer events now, and we talk. And um, I haven't haven't heard from him today. I'll probably hear from him this, later this week. You know, depending <laughs> on what happens. Um, but but it, it's I mean, you go. I I lived in California. I was born and raised, and I met people out there that went to Grambling and Southern. And it's just a connection. You know, it, it's it's being in that HBCU. No matter where what walk of life you came from, you went to that school. You went to either one of those schools or even if you went to FAMU or Alcorn State or anywhere else like that, it's 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 a connection. Hey, we belong to an HBCU. You know, we, we went there. We graduated. We did what we did. I met friends that were in. I have people that I know that are in band or, or played basketball mm -hmm. or, or tennis or whatever it might be. And you can share those experiences. And, and it's not a rivalry anymore. Even, you know, everybody talks about Grambling and Southern. And yes, it's a rival. You got family split. I saw some pictures on Facebook. You got half wearing Southern stuff, half wearing Gremlin. Man, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, it's, if it's really a rivalry, I don't think that happens. I don't. I don't, I don't think they can live together. Um, so it's you know, it, it's fun. I, I got to experience it a couple years ago. I had never taken my wife. My wife. Everybody thinks I met my wife at Southern, and I didn't. I met her in California, and she had never been to a Bayou Classic. So we took a trip back there in 2017, and. She's on the music. She loved the battle of the bands. We went to the night before. We went to the game. She experienced New Orleans. Um, that's like a place no one's ever seen. New Orleans is to me the food, the atmosphere. It's it's a great place to host a game like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, 
because uh, you can walk around and once the game's over, you can go down in Bourbon Street or you can go farther down to where the people my age go and hang out. So you're not you're not dealing with some of the young kids are doing the, what they're doing. And you can just listen to some jazz music or have some food and have a conversation with somebody. And you, you would talk to somebody from Grambling and, and just sit there. And, you know, as much as our like you're a Gramlinite, I'm a Southern guy. We, we have some similar experiences, but it's different in the fact of where Gramlin is and where Southern is geographically. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's Gramlin is north and a little bit out out there and hardly anything around Southern's in state capital. You know, you got LSU 10 minutes away, so you have a little bit more going on. But I think the academics and everything else like that is is pretty much the same. The living on campus, if you if you lived on campus, was the same. Well, you know, uh, uh, Charles, we often talk on this show. Um, that's why I said in my opening, it's more of a, you know, family um, in this rivalry. Now, now, Brett, there's another one that, and, and, and I, I want to state on par, but Jackson State, oh, my goodness. that yes. Now, that is turned up 10,000 degrees. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's totally different. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I remember playing in their stadium my uh, my junior year, and to walk out and see everybody that was there, you know, it was it was crazy. And you know, another one's FAMU. Fam Fam is now on the SWAC, and I remember playing there. And in my junior year, we lost to them, unfortunately. Uh, Steve Wofford got hurt, and Mel Mil uh, uh, Melvin, our other running back, got hurt. Um, but I remember they undersold our tickets to our to our uh, to our fans. I remember that. And they, you know, I remember sitting there after coming off the field, kids on the back behind me yelling and screaming at me because they were Florida A&M fans. I was like, man, they're pretty close to us. What's going on here? You know, and I, I remember playing at Alcorn. Alcorn was, you know, it, it's it's a it's not a rivalry, but it's it is. I think every game in the H, in the SWAC is a rivalry because you you don't want to lose to that team, and I think that's everywhere in college football. You don't want to leave lose your conference foe. Um, Alcorn, have they fixed that field yet? I mean, they used to put sand in that field, so we couldn't, you know, our legs would get heavy by the third quarter. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, you played at the old Henderson Stadium. Yes. Alcorn opened a brand-new stadium in nineteen in 1992, Spinks Castle Stadium. No, no, we played in that one. The down in the bowl? No. I was there in 97, 98. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, yeah, that had sand in there. You'd go down there. It was hot, and the sand was in that in that field. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Um, yeah. You trying to see? You trying to hide for outdoor sand? It was an old stadium. No, that's their stadium. No lie. Yeah. Yeah. To answer your question, yes, they did. They 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 did fix that. Yes, that was. That was yeah. Yeah. They, I they thought that was. I thought it was ingenious of them because they practiced on it. They knew how to run on it. They knew how to handle that. <laughs> Bring a team in that hadn't never practiced or played on that turf, and then you got to go do that. Oh man, that was horrible for four quarters. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but you know, uh, those are some of the things you know, the memories, the relationships you you build. You know, being a student athlete at an HBCU, and I, I think those are memories and and relationships you could tell your grandkids yeah. one day. Um, you know, and, and plus now with the state of uh, HBCUs academically, athletically, trying to improve, uh, former athletes like you, Brett, can help, you know, talking about your experiences and, and, and you know, help recruiting future student athletes uh, to Southern University and HBCUs, Alcorn, Jackson State, et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm coaching. I coach wrestling. Uh, I was the head coach at a junior college for six years in California. I was assistant head coach. I've, I coached football at the high school I was at last year. I helped out, um, but I just stayed with wrestling this year. But coming from the junior college level, even high school, I tell kids all the time, everybody everybody has this, I want to go, I want to go with Dion to Colorado or I want to go to Penn State or, or Michigan or one of these places. I tell kids all the time, you need to go where you're going to have an opportunity to have, get a good education. And mm-hmm. you're because there's no Amen. need to go to no no need to go to a place because they're giving you a book money to go sit behind a guy for five years. You, you, hmm. don't, you don't need to do it. You want to have an opportunity to play right away. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't at least have a plan, hey, they're gonna redshirt me, then I have an opportunity because the guy in front of me is a junior or senior and he's leaving. Um it's it academically, I got a great education from Southern. You know, I got my degree in history. Um, there was a lot of good educators there. There still is. I think their law program at that time was one of the top law programs because I was looking into going to law. Um, still and, is. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and, you know, and I don't know, I can't speak for Grambling, but everybody I've talked to that's graduated from Grambling and friends that I have, they got a great education up there. Um, it, it's about getting that degree because when kids don't understand is when you leave that that college, as long as you have that degree, it doesn't matter where it's from. You have a degree and you're going into that field. You know, now there's there's some people that'll hire people just from their school, but you go to most places. Like when I got my teaching job, they didn't ask me what college I went to. They just go, "Do you have your degree? Are you educated?" And and yes, I got my degree, and you know, I, I ended up getting a master's at a, a, at another place. But I had my degree from an accredited university that was a good education system. Um, I think I think young kids today are, you know. We, we do have a, we have an issue with, especially in football, kids thinking they're going to make the NFL. And I think we talked about it last night. Um, that's a very small, small, small number that's going to make the NFL. You want to be able to, what are you going to do with your life after football or after basketball or whatever sport you do? And did, what education are you going to get? What field are you going into? Fields change all the time. We're in a technology state right now. And my wife teaches engineering and I'm trying to push our kids into engineering because that's, I think, where the money's going to be, you know, in, in those technolo- technology fields, engineering, computers, things like that. And if that's what you are wanting to do, Southern A&M, agricultural mechanical, I mean, they're, they have engineering fields. I've got a bunch of buddies at Corspan and Randy Peaches all got their engineering degree or math degree or whatever it was. And now they're doing really well for themselves. Right. And um, I got a chance to look at the Board of Supervisors meeting uh, yesterday and Southern University is adding some more degree programs. And one is computer engineering. If I'm not mistaken, so uh, hey, what what you're saying, Brett, is it, it, spot on. It it, it really is, and, and only a small percentage will make it to the NFL. Or if you're a basketball player, women's basketball, but that that degree and the life after sports is so important, and that's the most most important thing. Uh, I see we're joined by Larry Harold. Uh, <laughs> I think he came up. He's in Georgia, football coach. He came after you, Brett. If I'm not uh, he mistaken, was a freshman my senior year, I believe. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, Larry, <laughs> he, he he's driving. Larry, you can join us when when you get a get a chance. But uh, we're visiting with Brett Clark. The years you were at Southern University again, uh, Brett. 97, 98, I came in 90, uh, January of 97. I transferred in from our junior college in California, played 97, 98, and then 99, I was there as just a student assistant under Coach Orlando, 
and all the coaches that we had. Well, so, that means that means Charles, you were there when uh, Demarcus Miller. I was there with Demarcus. I was there. Uh, Boo Boo was a. Uh, uh, I think he was a year behind me, but he, I think he had propped, and then he got his year back for his next year, so he finished two years after I did. But yeah, I knew Boo Boo. I knew, and then Damian Nivens was also there. Damian, mm-hmm. we switched him from a D tackle to an offensive tackle um, that next year. And Charles, did you know that? I had so, forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah so my senior year, I want to say he played D tackle. Um, he might have been uh, a backup because we had Chris White. Uh, uh, Let's see, Joe, Joe Williams and a bunch of those guys and DeMarcus was there. So and then we moved him to offensive tackle the next year, I believe, the year after I left the year I was coaching. And so he ended up playing off the tackle because I think that's what he went up and played with the Bears with for a little bit. And he went to yeah. Europe and played mm-hmm. offensive tackle. Yeah. Well, well, Brent, quickly, um, of course, Southern University, Coach Dooley, um, now being relieved of his duty. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, uh, this Southern University uh, football program this year? High expectation, underachieved for multiple reasons. But 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 what what is your thoughts on on this whole situation? Uh, you know, uh, I think I think the transfer portal is is hurt Southern. I think uh, I mean, uh uh-uh. did we lose it? Well, Charles, he was talking about the transfer portal, um, and and, and, and uh, we'll, we'll get him back. Um, we did talk about that, and I, I know it's the lay of the land now. Um, some coaches, majority of coaches, they use that. Um, the old days of getting a, a, a freshman in and maybe reassuring him and then Making making it through the process, getting there, those days are gone because you kind of gotta, you know, you gotta kind of win now. I think we got everybody back. Brett, uh, yep. Larry, good afternoon, Larry Harrow. Welcome to to the show, my brother. Oh, I thought we had him. Well, there we go. <laughs> Tech technology. We'll, we'll we'll get him back. We'll continue. But Brett, you were t- talking about the transfer portal. Uh, you know, I when I was at school, we had guys that come in. You know, Robert Hammond had gotten left to go of Florida State, and he was a starter there and came into us. Well, you're not getting those guys anymore. Those guys are able to transfer straight across to another big time. You know, they go forward, and they're not going to lose a year of eligibility. Um, you know, we had guy Joe Williams, I believe, was at Auburn or Alabama, who came in. Jackie Mitchell was at a different school and came in. Um, I think Marcus Miller, I think he was supposed to go to Kansas or Kansas State. And he ended up having a prop at, at Southern. Uh, then we lost that prop. Um, that helped school at Southern or, or Alcorn or or or, thing, or schools like that. Um, well, we're not getting that. So we're, we're bringing in a lot of freshmen that we have to – like I came in as a junior college kid. How many junior college kids does Southern have coming in? You know, that that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I came in right away. I remember my first day at, at practice, and they're like, hey, you're the starting center. you got to go. And I was like, well, I haven't been here but, you know, a month. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out how long snap. We never long snapped in California. We, we were straight under the under the court, under the center, and we go. And you know, but I had played a big time junior college in California, and I was used to being in big games. I mean, I think we lost one game each year I was at my junior college. We were eleven and one, eleven and one. We were always fighting for a national championship. Um, and it's. We're not getting those kids. We're getting freshmen. You're, you're going to have to be patient with some freshmen. 
Just because they're a four-star or a three-star or a five-star, that doesn't guarantee they're going to produce in college right away. You know, they, they college game is different than high school. And, and you know, I, I think if you're, if you're a fan, I'm a fan, I sit back and I see what happened to Southern and, and I saw that, oh, we're, you know, everybody had all those hopes this year and stuff. But you got to remember, they're still kids. Most of those young men are still kids, 18, 19, some are 17. They're going to make mistakes. Um, and we put a lot of blame on the coaches, and, and maybe it is the coaches, but we're also – the coaches aren't playing. They're putting them in position, and maybe it's the right position. The kid's just not performing. Um, but maybe the coach is putting them in the wrong position. I, I don't know. It's hard. I, I don't put any blame on any one person. I think it's it's like this in, in football. If you look at if you look at any good teams, I mean, Clemson last the last few years was up here. Now they're down to here. Is it the coaches or is it – the kids, or is it things have gotten better around them? Hmm. You know, so it, it. I mean, Florida State's undefeated, and they're in the same conference, and the quarterback just got hurt. Now we're going to see what happens when they go to the ACC championship. You know, their quarterback's done for the year. So, I don't know. Well, you know, sometimes two things can be right at one. You yeah. know, could be multiple things. Larry, can you hear me? What's going on, Mr. Brown? Yes, sir. How y'all doing? Uh, we're doing fine. I, I see you in transit. Um, joined yeah. by Brett Clark, yeah, former we got a, Southern uh, University player. Man, it, hey, that's the best sitter ever. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline come through Southern University, Brett Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, Larry coaches right up the street my house. Wait a minute, say that again, Brett? Larry, Larry coaches the high school right around the corner from my house. I live I live right behind the, the high school he coaches at. Wow. You in yeah. Georgia, Brett? Yeah, I'm in Georgia. I, I, I coach at Fly Ranch High School. I'm the head wrestling coach out there. Are you serious, Brett? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. You know who lives in Flowery Branch? Who? Coach Billy Long. I was just with him for Thanksgiving, brother. He's in, in Georgia? Yes. You're going to have to give me his number. Hit me up on, on, on social media. Give me his number. I've been asking about him. Yeah, he's, uh, he lives in Flowery Branch, and I live in Oconee County. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I almost – I was this close to getting Coach Long on, but uh, – we're going to make that happen. But, um, uh, Larry, we were talking about the Bayou Classic, and um, Brett and you can share something. We've watched it on TV. I've been in the press when the game's going on, but you guys lived it. Talk, talk a little bit about what it means to, to play in, in the Bayou Classic, that historic game. Well, I, I can say as a freshman, man, when I first got there, uh, Brett will remember this because in 97 we came, and I always tell my kids this story. We came in 97. They had just lost the championship. And we came, that freshman class that came in 97, those guys were so hungry because they lost the uh, championship the year before, 96, that the coaches didn't tell us anything. 
those guys were like, hey, we're going to win the championship. Y'all going to do the right thing. Y'all go to class. Y'all going to live weight. Y'all going y'all not going to mess this up for us. And it was a such a senior-led team with, with the guys you mentioned with Joe Williams and the Nate Bales and the Gillis Wilsons and the Terrell D's. And uh, I just remember that ride. But we had a three-week – I know Fred remembers Three-week of tour days. And yep. Coach Richard said, three weeks of tour days now. <laughs> and uh, I remember we was like – I don't want to do that. Every day I was like, I want to go back home to Alabama. And it was so <laughs> tough. And I remember uh, we would do a uh, county fair. Britain know what county fair is. Uh, every, for three weeks, county fair before practice. Ooh. And I remember that last week, he said, uh, the county fair had packed up and left, but the Jango Jango man is back in town, home. Yep. <laughs> oh, so that means man. Still a runner. So, what what happened was it was so hard and so grueling my freshman year. Coach took all of the freshmen to the Bayou Classic. And I remember me and my best friend, Tremaine Dow, was standing there at the Bayou Classic. And we was like, this is all working. Like, all the stuff we went through our freshman year, the, the tour day, the tournament, the torture, it was all worth it because of that one game. Like, and, and from then on, you just knew, like, at the end of the day, no matter what we go through in camp and the ups and downs or whatever, boy, when you make it to that Thanksgiving uh, Day game, that Bayou Classic, boy, there's nothing like it in the world. Nothing. You know, and, and, and that, that's interesting because, you know, you, you talk about the determination and, and you know, seeing it on the sidelines and then, you know, living at the Bayou Classic. And, and you talk about uh, Coach Richardson, a legendary coach. But on the other side, um, Coach Eddie Robinson, um, Brett and Larry, how was it meeting him up close? You know, because they have the um, the activities the night before, the lunches and all of that. Yes. Uh, how was it, uh, Brett and Larry, uh, meeting that other historic coach on, on the uh, sideline and, and Coach Eddie Robinson? Uh, you know, for me, it was, you know, before the game, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I don't like anybody, uh, you know, you're on, the, you're on the opposing team. I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. He, he was the enemy, but I, I understood the magnitude of, of what he had accomplished in his career. Um, and I was in awe of it really. I mean, I, I, he was, he was the head coach of the other team and I wanted to beat him, but to put together a career that he put together, you have to, you have to respect that. You have to understand you know, the times he started coaching in, in, in the years he did and and the, the athletes he was able to to recruit there. And you hear the stories about him going and in, in, in the fields, working with some of his athletes because they couldn't be at practice unless they they had to, you know, go pick cotton or, or work in the fields. And he would take the team and they would go help him to get done and then go to practice. I mean, you got to respect that. That's a coach that, that cares about his athletes. Um, just the sheer number of guys that he put through college. Uh, and got degrees, um, you know, and I, I got to shake his hand after the game was over. And, you know, and I'm not going to lie, Eddie, at that at that point in his his coaching career, he was, you know, he wasn't he wasn't the same Eddie Robinson that he started with, you know, when he first started. But he still had a sharp mind for football, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, and it was it was an honor for me to meet him. Uh, I, I could tell people, hey, I got to play in his last game. I got to meet him. Um, cause you look at the coaches, the list of coaches, he's up there and one of the top coaches in all time. 
You know, yeah. very few people get to say that they they got to play against him or or meet him or play for him. You know, I don't know about Larry, but that's that's my impressions of it. Larry, so I, I wasn't really privy to HBCU. I grew up in New Jersey, so like I said, uh, even my experience of going to Southern was from my friend uh, Tremaine Dow, um, and so I really didn't. I'm not gonna say that I knew who he was and things like that, but becoming a coach now myself, I really understood the impact of what he meant to black college football, to athletes, and just to the NFL culture. Um, when when I came in, it was 1997, so that was Coach Robinson's last game, and I remember it so vividly because at the end of the game, I remember him crying, and mm. President Bill Clinton called into the stadium. And that's what I was like, wow, the president of the United States is calling in to talk to Eddie Robinson. It was just like a mind-blowing situation, man. And so now you take the field. But, you know, at that time, and I don't think we're linemen, so you got the wrong people on here. At those lunches, I mean, I had a chance to go against him, and then they bring in Coach Doug Williams. I don't like the lunches. I don't like the camaraderie. Because again, <laughs> like, man, get me away from them dudes in black. Because Williams always be talking trash. Like, man, let's get, let's get on the field and get these dudes. Like, I wasn't with all that, you know, talking and shake. And like I say, because of the – it's like more family. I know family, like I say, is more like the Hatfields. McCoy. We just – we cousins, but we hate each other. Uh, each rivalry is different. But, you know, Grambling, you know so many people because – you know, I started coaching Louisiana at Stroma High School, Scotlandville. A lot of those guys went to Broadmoor. They went to the different – so we knew those guys. Mm-hmm. But at that time, we wouldn't even talk to each other. We'd be on the elevator like, hey, man, it's going to go down tomorrow. Like, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> Those elevator rides were interesting. Hey, uh-oh, hey, uh-oh. Hey, Wait a minute. Do yeah. tell. Uh, 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 a little pre pre uh, by your classic action verbally, huh? Well, it's, yeah. It's, it was – it was it was because uh, you always rode the elevator because the luncheons were horrible because we just wanted to eat and go practice. We knew we had a practice afterwards, and we're like, we're sitting there listening. I don't want like Larry said, I don't want to sit next to these guys, um, you know. Uh, and and Eddie Eddie had stories. Pete was pretty simple to the point. Eddie had stories, and we were oh, there for a long time, and they wouldn't feed us until the, until they were done speaking, uh-oh. and. You know, you you waited to eat. You ate breakfast, and then that was in the late afternoon. Then you had practice, and you just wanted to eat, and you just wanted to eat and go to practice, go to, back to the hotel, because we stayed at separate hotels, but we were at the same hotel for that meeting, and right in the elevators or seeing each other in the hallways and stuff like that. And it was just like, oh, that's that's number so and so. I'm gonna I'm gonna light him up tomorrow. You know, <laughs> there, there was a lot of that going on. Um, but like you said, Larry's right. There was a lot of family too. We had guys on the team that had that had cousins that went up there to Grambling. You know, and, you know, it was it was different. And, and, you know, 97, I think it was 98 that was Eddie's last year. That, that was my, my senior year. Because uh, 97, 97 was my junior year. But, you know, for me, too, 98 was hard because I had to get back to the hotel to get my hair done. Because I did my hair every every game my senior year. I, my mom would come in and bleach my hair and do a different design and things like that. And so I didn't want to be at that luncheon any longer and I had to be. I wanted to get to practice, get out. I had to go get my hair, get my meetings and get to my mom's room so she could do my hair and you know, enjoy that. And I want to be around my family. It was Thanksgiving too. I'm from California. And like Larry, I didn't, I didn't know anything about HBCUs. I was, it was college football. It was, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't care about the HBCU thing. You, you're going to give me an offer to go play football and I get to go do that and uh, prolong my career and get an education. I'm going. And then, you know, getting there and understanding what I was playing in, especially the last game with Eddie Robinson and understanding the magnitude of that. Like you said, you know, Clinton called him, you know, I remember hearing that. And that's, that's crazy. The president to call a coach after a game. Can I, can I say something real quick, Brent? My cousin, Jamie, is from California. She's from Banning, California. And her and her dad used to watch us on a Bayou Classic. That's why I say the exposure with NBC is so great because by them watching that game, unfortunately, she decided to become a grandma tonight. And so <laughs> she enrolled like, all of her uncles and stuff. My uncles are grandma. She brought them shirts. And so now we'll go back at it, back and forth. But she fell in love with the game and went to Grandma because of the Bayou Classic. So, you know, it really, especially the people in California, for whatever reason, they always watch that game. And we had a lot of Grambling and Southern people from California just by watching that game. The other thing is I love is, so so being a high school head coach, we got police escorts. And I'd be telling my police escort, like, hey, man, get me around this traveling. Well, coach, I don't want to do this. And, man, we would be on Lake Ponch on the bridge. And our sheriffs, it would be, Travis be backed up all the way to Gonzalez, would get on that side ramp and ride past all that traffic. Oh, wow. That was kind of scary, but they would get <laughs> into the city. So I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Brick can kind of talk about that. Like, they wasn't playing. They <laughs> on the dog on, uh, on that it, bridge. We going like, we got to get these guys to this game. So I it, 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 wasn't, it, was, it was the drive up before the game because it wasn't just our, our buses. It was our fans, too, that were following us, and the, and the sheriffs would make sure they got through, too. It yeah. would stop traffic. I thought that was the coolest thing going there. Anywhere we went, you know, we go through state, state, state. Other cops would stop traffic for us because they knew we were coming. And I'd never seen that. Coming from California, you don't get that in California. California, you just ride on the bus. You get stuck in the 405. You're stuck. You're late <laughs> to the game. It just is what it is. Wow. Um, uh, but that was, that was cool because you get that police escort. And I remember, you know, the police that we also had, you know, if you remember Jimmy, uh, Larry, that used to uh, be Coach Pete's security on that bus. I used to sit next to him and talk to him and he went anywhere Pete went when we went to uh, games and you had, you know, other people doing that. That was, it's, it's all an experience. I, I mean, and I'm sure every college has their own experience, but for, for me coming from California, that was cool to see, you know, to see that, that football is taken that serious. And it's not even just, it's it at the college level in Louisiana or in the South period it's at the high school level. I'm out here now and, you know, and, and I know Larry, I know where Larry uh, coaches. I, I, I just it's it's a diff, different atmosphere. Look, I love California football is huge. Don't get me wrong, and I love it. And I, I still think it's one of the best, or probably the best. You know, you, you got schools like Monterey and, and St. John Bosco, and some other schools out there, but it's just a di- different feel. It's region. You know, I think I think it would be different if I went up to Michigan. It, it's just different how they treat it. Um, you know, you got Michigan Ohio State going today. I'm, those people are probably trying to beat each other up in the parking lot right now. Uh, but we don't have that at, at Grambling. So you might have some disagreements or more. It's just, oh, we're going to beat you, you, you know, this and that. Then, hey, you want some food? You know, uh, you know that that was the thing. Like I said before, I'm 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 a big guy. I like food. So my story. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm going to give you another inside track, Mr. Brown, after the game. Oh. So we never lost a body class except my senior year. We had all those ACL injuries. 2001, we had 11 ACL injuries. Mm-hmm. We lost. So we never – so we will win. The best part was you had to get signed out by your parents. 
you would go. So I would always go to Terrence Levy's house. My parents would drop me off, say our goodbyes, and then we hitting hitting Bourbon. When you won the game, Mr. Brown, the fans <laughs> would I don't know if I should be saying this, but would buy you stuff and oh my God, you know, drinks on us guys. Y'all just, you know what I'm saying? Like that was the best experience as you won. And you went down there in Bourbon or the French quarters, like with your jersey on, man, you was you was the it thing right then. So uh I know Brett had, had some experience with that too. Whoa. Hey, when you win, everybody's in. You know. Everybody. Now, it pays to be a winner. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Uh, as we wrap up, up this interview, I, I, my mind still goes back to that that uh, last game with Coach uh, Robinson. And uh, it, it, it was so emotional, Charles. I, I, I was in the press area. And, um, you know, they say – Men don't cry, but that's that's not true. That's not true. You're still a man, and uh, that that was so emotional. And uh, I got a chance to meet him, you know, one on one with his uh, great wife Doris at the Heritage Bowl, and he was there. So, uh, you know, just this game and this magnitude and uh, the, the the experience. And, and, and look, Brett, coming from California, humidity. How did you deal with that? Um, <laughs> I mean, I've talked to players. I, I'm going to tell you like this. I, I like the humidity. <laughs> I, I, I adapted to that way easier. Because where I came from in California is 115 in the summer, dry heat. And I burned and it sucked. And you didn't know when you were dehydrated, things like that. At least in the humidity, I know I'm sweating. And it was look. I'm a wrestler by trade. I rest. I wrestled since I was eight years, nine years old. I still compete. I still do stuff like that. So it's like a wrestling room to me. I, that's that's where mom, you know, wrestlers are. You grind it out. You just you know you embrace that 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 torture and and that and you just enjoy it. And you know I like that. Um, the humidity was bad. I remember '98. Uh, uh, Larry might remember this when we were running uh, Jingle Jangles and uh, um, oh I can't remember his name now. Uh, the receiver and then play DB Force too, uh, 25. Um, but he was Jerry, running. Jerry Guy. Jerry Guy. He grabbed both hamstrings, so they both cramped up on the field, face face down. And it was the last one. It was our last jingle jangle of, of, of camp. It was the last jingle jangle of senior year camp. We're done. You know, camp was breaking, and he dropped. And I remember Pete Rich, all right, we're done. Let's go inside. You know, <laughs> that, that meeting room in there, that humidity in that room, we had guys cramping up. I remember Sam George. His fingers would cramp in the meeting room, and he would have to stretch them out and cramp. Uh, Randy Peaches, he hey, walked Brett, to that. But Coach Richard used to always warn us. When we first oh, yeah. got there, he would tell us, hey, man, I'm just going to tell you, Holmes, it's 90, yep. 90%, 90% degrees, 90% humidity. You go in there, you drink that fried food and them, and them soda <laughs> drink. You're going down, Holmes. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I remember so 97, 97, I came in weighing about, I was like 300. And I remember we practiced and they used to, Larry, you remember they used to weigh us in and out because they wanted to monitor your weight to make sure you weren't losing too much. And I think I lost 10 in the first practice. I came back and I I only put on like three or four back on. And then I lost another eight or nine. They held me out of practice for two practices. They worried about me. And I'm like, I'm used to doing this from wrestling. I, I cut 50 pounds in a week and a half in high school. This is nothing to me. I'm okay because I was eating and drinking. I just this is how my body adapted. Um, 
And I remember they giving us that nasty stuff that had electrolytes in it. And here you got to have this. And I remember drinking that stuff. It was like a paste. It was so <laughs> nasty. So Mr. nasty. Mr. Can I say one thing, Mr. Brown? Though they, uh, Brett, you, the year after you graduated, the greatest Bayou Classic ever for Southern fans was the '99 Bayou Classic. So that's the year that you know. Unfortunately, Troy Williams got hurt. They brought in Terrence Levy, my yep. best friend, guy right in the soul. And so well, I, I still watch that game to this day, Mr. Brown, because they were doing all this high step and high five and all this stuff. And, I mean, they showboating. And so when we scored real quick, and so I think it was like 28-7 going into halftime, and we really were like, man, we're going to win because they can't stop us. So we came back out. Levy goes great. But this is the most critical thing, Brett. So we finally topped the score. The guy, Randy Hineswell, went off, gets hurt. And I remember Doug coming out there, grabbing him, like, get your ass up off the ground. And I was like, oh, they mad. And so they, uh, Lionel Hayes, a stroma mm-hmm. high school, mm-hmm. he's trying to make all, but it's so loud. And it had never been so, you couldn't even hear. I was standing by Tremaine. You couldn't even hear each other. That's how loud it was. Snaps the ball, hits his chest. Nate Bell picks the ball up. And I mean, Bro, it went crazy. The next play, Terrence Levy throws a fade to Michael Hayes. I have never in my life, in all my five years, heard the dome that freaking loud, man. It was like that was the greatest body class ever. Like that, that. It, 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 I was there. I was up in the booth with uh, Orlando. I remember that. I was, now, I was what, helping coach that year. Now, wasn't that the year Gramlin was ahead? Yep. And Southern made that comeback. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was, we were down by twenty-one points, Mr. Yep. Brown. Mm-hmm. I remember being up there in the in the booth with Coach Orlando and just we're yep. trying to figure it out and we yep. figured it out and we our defense stepped up our offense started clicking um, and then hey once, once our offense was clicking you were it was hard to beat us at that luncheon we was mad because they had got this they got a new Adidas deal so they had, they got this big truck and they gave them all this brand new fancy Adidas gear and. All black this, and they was talking trash like, yeah, we got Coach Doug Williams. We're going to beat y'all, yada, yada, yada. And so when they get up, they showboat with a high five. Mm-hmm. But just like Coach Rich used to tell us, if you give – if you let – if you Jack State and Gramlin, if you just stay in the game, they'll give you the game. And they mm. were fighting and stuff like that, and, man, and we came all the way back. And that was one of the best Bayou classics ever, man, just the, the, the camaraderie, the fandom, the – you know that that was a big game, man. That was a big game. So uh, I know yeah, Coach, Coach Doug. They, they like got that, that fancy gear. You remember we had to check in our IDs to get our our track suits to travel. <laughs> you remember that? They we had to check our ID uh, in to get our track suit to wear to the games. They come yeah. back and turn it back in to get our ID so we go to the cafeteria and eat. Yep, yep. That was. Yeah, I'm, I look at their track suits they're wearing now. I'm like, where's mine at? You guys can send me one. I wear a Cadillac. <laughs> you guys can send me one. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, a, 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 a lot of memories, and I, I do remember remember that one, being in the press area. And you can, at that time, before they renovated the uh, Superdome, you can actually hear the fans talking. And, uh, oh, yeah, they were talking a lot. But, boy, yeah. you, you're right, Larry and Brett. When that comeback and that crowd was really loud, you couldn't hear them. You couldn't hear them at all, the Gremlin fans. But I guess that's what makes rivalries robberies you know the, yeah. the fans take pride it's like they're on the field playing and they're not but um 
in, in closing, and I, I've really enjoyed uh, reminiscing about the Bayou Classic with uh, you, Larry, and Brett. Um, Larry and Brett, closing comments um, on, on, on today's show about the Bayou Classic. Go ahead, Larry. I'll let you do it first. Oh, Lord. You're the older statesman, but no. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, like I said, man, coming in nice, I feel so blessed and fortunate because I can't I'm not like Brett. My high school team was a basketball school, the floor high school. Mm-hmm. We weren't winning, man. Those guys taught us how to win. Uh, we never, like I said, I always brag to people about, about Grambling, about Coach Richardson, the only coach that never lost to the great Eddie Robinson. Like, that's such a huge accomplishment. I, like I said, I, I look at Coach Richardson like a second father figure. Well, first of all, because I didn't have a dad. So, you know, just my experiences. But that, that Bayou Classic, you know, Thanksgiving, one of my greatest holidays, with my family like that's we don't do christmas so i never got to do thanksgiving at home but just being with the guys like they would give us piccadilly cards uh, i think in, in a little bad zone but we'll pick him back up brett uh, you know I, I think it's it's an experience that you have to experience in person you know as a fan you have to go experience it as a as a player uh you know Every team I'd ever been on had been a winning team. And I through high school, college, whatever, my, since I was little. Um, I think I lost three games in high school, and I thought I, think I lost four games, uh, maybe four or five games in college in four or, four or five years. Um, but that was because of the guys around me and the experience. We were, you know, you understood that, like, I wanted to win for the guy next to me, not for me, but for the guy next to me. And, and that was because of the camaraderie. When I got to Southern, they didn't have to accept me. I was, I was another white kid they brought in. You know, to take a spot. I know they had had Marcus Jacoby and, and Pat, uh, Matt Bushart there before mm-hmm. I got there. And but the first thing they told me was, "You're you're part of our family. Anybody on this campus messes with you, you, let us know. We will take care of it. You, you you can mess with us. We'll mess with you. We're family now." And I think that's the atmosphere that you have to have to have a winning team. Is you have to have a family. You may not always get along. Brothers mm-hmm. and sisters fight all the time. Um, brothers fight all the time. But you understand that you're going to help each other when it, when time, you know, it counts. And I think that's the same thing at Grambling. I, I think they've got that same uh, mentality. Um, it's a family. You accept everybody who's there. Um, you're brought in for a purpose. The other thing too is don't, you know, I was brought in because they needed a center and I'd had some experience and and you have to trust your coaches. You have to try they're making the right decisions. It doesn't always work out. We know that. Um, but I just, I'm blessed that I went there. I tell people all the time, I could have went and, and wrestled in college or I could have done something else, but I'm glad I went to Southern. I'm glad Steve Wofford showed my high school tape to their coaches and they called me because I thought it was a joke. I remember they called me and they said, this is the home of the world famous Steve Wofford and hopefully the world famous Steve Wofford, Brett Clark. And I thought, then I just saw Steve like a couple weeks ago at a high school game. He was back home and I thought he was, he had made somebody call me to mess with me because he knew I was struggling. I wasn't, I was only six, one and a half, six, six, two. No one was giving me an offer. I was all conference in the junior college, and they said, too short. Can't play division like Arizona State and all these schools. So I was mad at Steve. I was looking for Steve. I'm going to beat Steve up, man. He had somebody call me, and then I, I called the number, and it was a real a real coach and real thing, and I got a scholarship. And I remember them going, I go, hey, I want a recruiting trip. And they're like, well, we want you to come right now. We don't want to give you a recruiting. We'll just show up. I prayed about it, went, and, I, man, that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made is going to Southern. Yeah. Well, yeah. Great family. I kind of seen um, a few pictures. Um, 
of your family, uh, Brent. Larry, um, we'll wrap it up with you. You were saying about uh, your closing comments about uh, the discussion in the Bayou Classic. Nah, man, this is a great experience. Uh, blessed fortune to be a part of it. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Hear you well. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Nah, man, it's just a, a, a unique <laughs> experience. Uh, okay. Unique experience that everybody live and um, not everybody gets to be a part of, man. I feel blessed and fortunate to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the camaraderie, the uh, pageantry, all of it. And um, just blessed and fortunate and meeting guys like Brett from all across that we created a brother and a bond that we can get back on. I ain't talked to Brett probably since he graduated, but it's just like old times. So, um, that's what the Bayou Classic does, man. You bring out these memories. And we all had our own experiences, but um, it, it, it just brings us all together from all walks of life. Well, I appreciate both of you guys uh, coming on. Um, we'll have to do this. Um, uh, someone says, uh, Brett, are you coaching O-line anywhere? No, I'm I'm coaching uh, uh, wrestling. I'm a head wrestling coach at a high school. Um, was been doing that for a while. was head coach of the junior college. I coached football a little while. I helped out last year with the D-line at my son's high school. Okay. And uh, Larry, Coach, <laughs> Larry, I, I know I know you're a hey. head coach. Yeah, I've been, been hiring Brett. You don't know it yet. I've been hiring Brett. You don't know it yet. <laughs> hey, go, go ahead. Hey, go ahead. I didn't know. I thought Brett was still in California. I didn't know he was here now. We had to, we had to link up. I've been here three years. I was at Discovery High School when I first moved here. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> you know I coach at Central Gwinnett. I know exactly where you coach. It's, it's about a half a mile from my house. Right, I am live right in the neighborhood right behind it. When your games are going on, I see the lights. That's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Charles, I, I think I need to come uh, in that area, uh, put it on the bucket list to Come um, watch a, a high school football game, and uh, I, I've yeah. heard I've heard Georgia is, is just a hotbed for talent. So uh, yeah, yeah. Hey. we gotta get some of them jokers back back to, to to the Bayou. I tell them all the time, man. You know, take you a trip to HBCU. So yes, sir. Yes, on sir. that on that note, uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank y'all so much for having us on. All right. That was Brett Clark and Larry Howell. Yeah. Uh, Former Southern University football players. um, Enjoyed the conversation. Boy, the the memories. Charles, the memories. Yeah, Yeah, the memories. You know, uh, my father, my late father, he went to the Bayou Classic um, one year and he was dressed he and my mother they were dressed up from head to toe had the shirt and ties black and gold i mean it just the bayou classic is an experience mm-hmm. it's an experience and i think that's the best way to put it you know i was in new orleans just a few days ago our girls play you and know and they were getting they were getting the city ready for the experience and uh, it culminates today with the big game but there's nothing like the Bayou Classic and, you know, the 50th. I mean, there's going to be so many memories. I'm sure NBC's going to do all kinds of flashbacks of, you know, Eddie Robinson and that phone call from, you know, former President Clinton and all, all that. It's just it's so many memories to share and cherish and just just so blessed to be a part of that thing as a grandma night. And, 
and hey, I'm I'm just so glad of that. Uh, you know, yeah, a, a lot of memories. Uh, the, the 1999 they were talking about, uh, 2003 with uh, Bruce Eugene and Quincy Reshore and uh, a thousand yards of total offense. And then you remember after the game, Bruce Eugene, very emotional, crying. You know, some people were making fun of that. Not me. That guy was a player. And yeah. it showed the uh, the, ma- the the emotion and the magnitude of that game. He played his you-know-what off. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's a memory. Um, I remember the late Adrice Brown, uh, Grambling is trying to, I think, tie the game with a two-point conversion. And, you know, they bring the press down about two or three minutes left in the game. And so I'm on the sideline when Andres Brown picked off uh, the attempted two-point conversion, and he took off and he took it back, well, I guess about 90-something yards. Charles, the motion swept will sweep you. I started running. Now, <laughs> I'm on the sideline. I'm running. Reginald Brown, who uh, was the uh, police escort uh, for the football team, he was on the sideline. He I ran past him, and then I realized, you fool, stop running. <laughs> run up on the field. But it's just the emotion of, of that uh, football game. And, and, yeah, it is a difference as far as the temperature. With Jackson State, you know, I always talk about that. That is much more intense. Intense. With Grambling State, is it, it, it's more a, a family. Like I saw on the Board of Supervisors meeting um, – uh, yesterday, outgoing president of Grambling State University. Both universities have made uh, a, a pact, and they're going to put it in, in you know, in, in writing to work more closely together. If you, you know, if you graduate from Southern University, no matter what your undergrad is, why not take a look at Grambling State's in sports management, you know, for your grad uh, yeah. studies, and, and vice versa. So. Um, it, 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 it's a, a, a family rivalry. It's a friendly rivalry. But don't kid yourself, Charles. Oh, yeah. Southern Knights, Southern Knights from the athletic standpoint, they want this game uh, this afternoon. Well, I, I will say this. The, the, the rivalry gets ratcheted up a notch when there's a division title at stake. Mm-hmm. And there's been years in which the division title has been on the line with the Bayou Classic. And all that friendly stuff goes out the window because you have a chance to play for a SWAC championship, whoever comes out of that game. And we've had those Bayou Classics in which the winner goes to the championship game and it's been Mm -hmm. Southern University or whatever the case. So, hey, let's not get it twisted. It's a great rivalry. It's a friendly rivalry. But then when you add the tone of a SWAC championship on the line, a lot of that stuff gets thrown to the side for 60 minutes because now you have a chance to play for a championship. Well, and still a, a lot to play for. Um, Perry says, I believe Southern University wins today. Well, I, I, I've got my prediction down, but let's, Charles, it, the what's trending? Recap. Of course, we've talked about the 50th edition of the annual Bayou Classic. Also, since the last time we talked, Texas Southern will not renew the contract of Coach McKinney. Boy, what a Bad loss. It's, it seemed like after a big game, the next game from a mental standpoint, what happened? But they lost to UAPB after being up early, but uh, McKinney 
Coach McKinney, after five years, um, Texas Southern has moved in another direction. Now they will be looking for a head football coach, a national search. The Western Division, remember we talked about it. Swag Football Media Day 2024, going to be some new faces in the Western Division. Yeah, um, there definitely is. Coach, obviously, Southern University, um, Texas Southern. And something I was just reading, you know, about Texas Southern and Coach and Coach McKinney. I mean, the record, 9-26 and 26 in the conference, 12-35 and 35 overall in a five-year run. Uh, not all that great. And when I've I've read something that Kyle Mosley put out that he's making the, well, the Texas Southern coach is making over $300,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So you can add other school. That's almost half the conference coaches, football coaches that's making over $300,000 a year. And that might change and you might get another one in there, you know, somewhere, somewhere at some point. So that, that ratchets it up the pressure to win. And in some cases to win right now. And so you have a program in Texas Southern, they pay well. Head coach pays well. You have a new AD, just got a new contract. Uh, Dr. Granger, not a new AD, just got a new contract. So he's looking to improve the program. And I think everybody sees that the Western Division is up for grabs. And you don't want to fall behind. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing. You know, at one point this season, Southern University controlled their fate. Alcorn controlled their fate. Uh, Texas Southern was kind of on the outside looking in, grambling. So I think, you know, ADs are looking at their programs and saying, we got to stay in the conversation. So, you know, pulling the trigger, whether five years or two years, you got to do what you got to do to stay relative and competitive because because the SWAC's, SWAC's rolling. AMU's rolling right now. You know, it, you look at the top three teams in this conference, Carlos, obviously Florida A&M on the, wet, on the uh, eastern side. On the western side, Prairie View, and then you could throw all corn in there, top three. But then who's the next tier group of teams? Is it Alabama State? Is it Grambling? And you know, so you want to stay, you want to stay relevant. You want to stay in a situation where you're moving upward. You don't want to go backwards because other teams are moving forward. So I think that's kind of what you're saying. And I think with this Texas Southern deal, Dr. Granger's saying, hey, we're tired of taking the steps back. We want Going to start at least getting a level footing and going forward. And with this move, you hate it. You hate it for Coach McKinney five years there, but I'm sure we all know, as they say in coaching, you're hired to get fired. That's just the unfortunate, you know, mantra of coaches today. You 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 know, coming in when you take the gig, if things don't go well, you won't be around. And five years is a good amount of time there at Texas Southern or any any school for that matter. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I think the days of five years that you have to win and, and be productive. I think those days are gone. Um, you look at the overall record of uh, Coach McKenna, Texas Southern. Um, I can understand uh, the move. And um, that, that Western Division will be open again as far as who's going to get it done. Also, Coach Fred McNair reported by, I first saw it on footballscoop.com, uh, parts ways are uh, is going to part ways with his offensive coordinator and special teams coach. Charles, is that is that what's what's going to happen? Well, I, I will say this: I saw the article, and I'm I'm going to take an approach of waiting for the official release. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that approach because right now, you know, I haven't heard 
of anything official. I know football scoops usually on top of things. And usually when you get these reports, whether it's this week, next week, it typically comes true. Um, I know Elliot Gradner, our offensive coordinator, put some stuff out there on social media. He's grateful and thankful, you know, during the Thanksgiving holiday. Nothing mm-hmm. that would give you an indication that, that he's not coming back. But but we do know that there was most likely going to be some changes regardless of how this season went. Now, the question is, what will those changes look like? Um, offensive coordinator, special teams coach, those are two things that, that kind of stood out for a lot of people. And so with that report, though, that kind of reflects some of the things that I had kind of heard through the grapevine that might happen. And right after the season, it clearly happened. It's not official yet, even though football school believes it will be, uh, it will be the case. But clearly, just like we've talked about with Texas Southern, clearly what we've talked about with Southern University, um, in order for us to remain competitive in this wacky Western division, because it is wacky, it is wild, you got to do some different things and get some, make some different changes because the West is wide open and you don't want to fall behind. So clearly special teams was an issue um, offensively, even though the offense looked really good two-thirds of the season with Aaron Allen pushing the ball down the field. Um, you had Coach Phillips, who was the quarterback's coach, as co-OC with Elliott Rad. Um, again, don't know if it's official or not. It's being reported that it will be. But uh, I think clearly some changes are going to have to be made on the staff. And it looks like those changes did take place, even though nothing official has come from athletics or from the university. I'm just going to take a wait and see on it. Um, I heard, through, you know, that there may be some stuff coming down the line, but I like to wait and see make sure it is official. I haven't gotten any word otherwise that it is official. I've made some contacts, but nothing official as of yet. We'll just wait and see. It'll be interesting. That's why I said reported by uh, footballscoop.com. And now you look at another season that's gone since, and you kind of look at the big picture here. um, Two things could be right at the same time. All corn since coming to the Western Division, has not won a division title. And so uh, from a fan's perspective, I, I know they're frustrated. I hear from some all-corn nights, and, um, you know, Coach Ratton wasn't one of the few that I've talked to. It wasn't one of their favorite coaches. Um, but, but by the way, big victory against Jackson State last week. I predicted Jackson State to win. And so uh, congratulations to Alcorn on uh, that victory. You, yeah. look, you look at Charles, though, um, the thing with me, and, and last week I kind of went back and, and looked at, and I, I put out kind of the clips of our, 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 our debate that we had last week, which was very, very animated. But I, I, I think if you see teams getting better from game one to game 10, this is the last game for Southern University, and you don't see the team getting better, then you can rely on, well, okay, another year should be granted because we saw improvement. They just fell short, but you didn't see that. You didn't see that. And I went back and looked at it again. If 
Texas Southern or Prairie View, either one would have taken care of business. Southern University would not have been in the Western Division Championship last week. And so I went back and looked at the clip, and, and, and you were saying that they people say they backed in. Okay, if you don't want to say backed in, Southern was very fortunate to be able to play in the Western Division uh, Championship last year because Prairie View wins their game, they're in. Yeah. Texas <clears throat> Southern wins, Prairie View lost, then they're in. So very interesting. You don't see an improvement. That's yeah. in, in, in Southern fans' cases. Uh, that that's what it was, and, and they, they, they were not happy. Well, well Carlos, I'll say this: last week in Jackson, it was just so loud, and I know the debate was so loud. I could I could barely hear, you know, the back and forth. Wheeler Brown, it, it was. But I, I will say this: in my opinion, just mm-hmm. my observation, as mm-hmm. far as Southern University is concerned, and just you know, thinking about the season last year, yeah, they they won the Western Division, and yeah, they played Jackson State for the championship. But I think if you if you look at the championship game itself, to me, and I said it last week, there were questions about, about the quarterback position even going into the championship game. And I think mm-hmm. to me, from afar, that may that championship game may have been the beginning of the unwinding of the ball for Southern University because there were questions of where you're going to make a change in the championship game just to produce any kind of spark. And so from mm-hmm. that point. I think that's kind of where it might have started. Now, last year, yeah, you did some good things. You beat Alcorn at home and it's mother stuff. But then there were still questions about the quarterback position last year. And in the championship game, you you didn't make the adjustments or make moves to try to help yourself in that game. And I think that might have been where it kind of started, where that sparks going the other way started. And it just never it, it 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 didn't get better. And I, I will admit, I mean, I think Southern had probably the most the friendliest schedule, conference schedule, schedule period, I think. You know, you play Alabama State, you play Jackson State games, don't count in the division, you get a chance to get exposed, see where you are. You know, you got FAMU at home, you got Jackson at home. And so you, you have, you, you didn't play up, you know, so you had a good schedule where you can kind of make the adjustments and get better. And yeah, there was some questions there as far as offensively. Defensively, Southern did, they got off the field, but offensively it was just anemic. And I, I, I understand, you know, Eric Dooley not wanting to hire an offensive coordinator. I think that's probably in play too. I would think Dooley is the offensive coordinator. And I, I've heard, you know, Carlos, you can kind of confirm this there where maybe Dooley was suggested to him, hire you an OC and you just be a football coach. And I, I do remember some of the press conferences in which Eric Dooley said, you know what? I know what this thing looks like. I've been in football for a long time. You know, he said that in some of the press conferences. And when you're winning, no one remembers. No one remembers that stuff. But when you're losing, nobody forgets that stuff. So I think, you know, as a coach, every coach has a bit of stubbornness in them. Every coach has a little bit of ego in them. And when you're winning, no no one really cares until you're not winning. And then when you're not winning, all that stuff comes to the surface. And Southern had one. They some maddening games. The Alcorn game might have been might have been the tipping point. You know, does the undisciplined penalties and all. And Jackson State, by the way, had that too in the game last week, 15 penalties, including the holding penalties in the last drive that set them back 
Uh, but you know, I just I, I I get it, I get it. And yeah, you want to be, you want to stay in that conversation in the West because it is wild. It's up for grabs, and you don't want to fall behind. And I think that's clearly to me what the Southern administration is is looking at. Now the question is, it was again, it was so loud last week, and I was going to bring this up. How much input will Roman Banks, the AD, have in this decision? Because ADs at football power schools don't get many opportunities to mess up football hires. You, you, you know, you, you, you may screw up the first one. If you screw up the second one, you probably won't be around to see a third. So my question is, and you know, the, the inner workings mm -hmm. of politics and all that, how much will Roman Banks have, how much of a say will he have in this next hire? Because you've already bought out a coach. And the figures out there, I, so I read a figure, a million dollars for assistant coaches in Dooley that's, that mm. someone's on the hook for. And if you get this wrong, two years, three, you're on the hook again. Is this, does this have to be a grand slam hire because you're already on the hook financially for one coach and a set of coaches? So y'all. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I'm not I'll answer that one. Yeah, you, you have to get this one right. You have to nail mm -hmm. this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if oh, not, yeah, I, I'm gonna answer it. Yeah, he, yeah. he, hell yes, he has to nail this one. Um, I kind of got information previously what he had he had come on the Carlos Brown show and said on two occasions that he basically was given the situation of having a direct hire. Now. That's what he stated. Now, this time, the big question is, should he still have direct high, uh, direct hire? Should uh, he should he not be allowed to do that? And should it be a committee, a small committee? We know committees in the past at Southern University have been, you know, ooh. So, <laughs> I was on a football uh, committee, Carlos, at, at Alcorn. And when I tell you it's long and tedious, I was an alternate, by the way. But I still had the access to the resumes and you look at the qualifications and you 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 scratch people off the off the list, they don't meet the qualifications. It's long and tedious. And you and, and you uh, I had a friend that was on the search committee and they did their due diligence, they did the hard work, and then the chancellor was like, No, we don't like the three um names that you submitted. Let's open it back up again. And then lo and behold, here comes someone. Well, and this actually was the AD committee. Uh so the way I feel right now at 1223 Central Standard Time, no, it, it needs to be a small committee. And if, and if it's another direct hire, then buddy, he has to nail it. Coach Banks, and I'm going to reach out to him when some of this stuff calms down, um, his contract is up June 30th of 2024. So one can bet this next hire will have a long way in. And I guess you got to look at the, the whole body of work. And there, there are some uh, alums and fans that uh, they say, let's just not stop there. Let's reform the whole athletic department as far as personnel. And bring somebody else in, but do you see a hire from within? 
do you think someone on that staff, knowing the roster is what it is, you know, your quarterback, you got you got Mahotra and Bowden, will they be back? I mean, because those questions are going to come up. Some players are going to, you know, transfer. That's going to happen. You don't know how many. You hope not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just the nature of the business. Do you see someone on that staff maybe being elevated? You know, you got Coach Graves, who's been the head coach for both Kremlin and Southern. I mean, that's I mean, I think that's that's a whole that's a story that's just that's awesome to me. I I will say this: never say never. It's a possibility. Now, you want to put a percentage on it? I'm not sure what percentage you'll put on it. Um, but during the press conference, a national search, I think no stone should be untouched. You should talk to as many people as possible. Um, some people was like, well, we need to get this hire quickly. I'm not so much in saying that you got to have somebody in next week, but whoever you decide on, it's got to be a, a, a home run. And no, you select someone and then a year later, they're in trouble. No, I, I think you, you, you do get a, a grace period but it's just not five years anymore like it was in the past. So um, I never say never. There's a possibility that could happen, um, but we will we will see. They got to yeah. get through this game today yeah. with uh, Grambling State University, and then after it's all said and done, we'll see who the next coach would be. I mean, there's different benchmarks out there, criteria that fans have talked about what they would like to see as far as in the the new coach, but uh, discipline is one that's on there. Uh, Also, offensively, a philosophy that's efficient, and then, of course, defensively, you know, you have a rich tradition, and you can be strong. And, 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 you know, you, you hear these different coaches being mentioned, too. Some of the names that you're hearing those coaches are still coaching. Right. So you still have to wait a, 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 a while. I think, let's see, before the end of the year. You know, Now, people may disagree with my opinion on that when the coach will be in place. Um, I, I don't necessarily see an interim coach, but that's a possibility. If you can't get what you think this university serves as in a football coach, but then the interim coach, you know, some people are not going to like that as well. Yeah, and, and, and look, I, I'll say, it, you know, we talked about different teams, you know, Grambling, I think Grambling's in the spotlight. This is this is uh, year two of Hugh. And so in order to say, well, is Hugh, does Hugh have this team in the right direction? You got to be pointed in the right direction. And so this game today will, at least in my opinion, show whether or not they're pointed in the right direction. Because right now there's a lot going on at Southern University. Uh, Grambling, they've been playing some decent football. I mean, this the swag is so wild. I mean, it's, I mean, you you look at Grambling, they came within an eyelash of beating Alcorn. They, they, they don't get it done against Alabama A&M, but they beat the eventual Western Division champs Prairie View. I don't know what – I mean, this is the last game, and I said it a month ago, I don't know what the heck's going to happen. Grambling might play their best game today, but if 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 they don't, then I'm sure there's going to be some questions about Hugh Jackson and whether or not he can get it get it off the ground because this is the game. I, mean, I have Grambling winning this game. 
I have Grambling mm-hmm. winning this game. I mean, we'll break it down. But I, I think Grambling's playing some better football. Um, I think mm-hmm. Grambling will, will will win this game, even though the, if you look at offensively, I think Grambling offensively has been more efficient. Southern's defense is really good, and Southern special teams is really good. A punt, kickoff, return for touchdowns this season. It could, mm-hmm. it could come down to that. Um, but, you know, as a Grambling night, I'm rolling with the Tigers. But if they don't get it done, then you wonder about Hugh Jackson. I mean, well. Can can he get it off the ground? Because this is a game that they, if they play well, they should have a chance to win. Considering Southern, I mean, as Coach Wheel, as Wheeler Brown says, said last week, win one for the Gipper. Um, you know, and I think that's one that you know Southern fans really want this win. But I think for Grambling and Hugh Jackson, hey, if you don't win this game, then there's going to be some head scratching going on at uh, Grambling State University. Well, this is the perfect time because we're going to go to about twelve. 45 Central Standard Time, 1250. Then get ready. We'll end the show a little bit earlier. Um, offense, I had to check mark Grambling State. Yeah, get a check mark to Grambling State. On defense, I give it to Southern University. The numbers bear it out. Uh, special teams, you got Josh Griffin, hit a 54 yard field goal. Uh, special teams, um, from a punting standpoint, just better. I give the edge to uh, uh, Southern University. Now, if you kind of look inside the numbers uh, on offense, Southern University and scoring offense, they're sixth in the conference at 22.8 points a game. Gremlin is number three at 29 points. So they're scoring about seven points more. Uh, scoring defense, uh, Southern University is number three in the conference, giving up 20 points a game. Grammar State's number nine. They're giving up 28 points a game. Total offense, uh, Southern University eighth. Boy, that's – and see, that is down from last year. So you go figure. Why should Southern fans – they shouldn't be upset? Yeah. Offensive guru? No. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't materialize this season. So you went from here down. Moving on, number eight, Grammar State. Um, in total offense, let me, let me back up. Total offense, Southern University is number eight, 328 yards a game. Uh, Grambling State is fifth, 369. Total defense, Southern University, number three in the conference. They they slipped, they're tired, they've been on the field, they played a lot of snaps. Yeah, um, Grambling State giving up 360 yards. Now, interesting about this game. I'm hearing that it will be a change at quarterback. That's what I'm hearing. We'll see from the first snap offensively, right? I'm hearing Noah Bolton. And I'll just say this. I don't have to give out the coach who who told me this. But a coach on the staff basically told me Bolton was the best quarterback on the roster. In his opinion. So we look at two years of the quarterback situation where it doesn't seem to appear that the best quarterback was playing and starring. Case in point, Bubba McDaniels. You saw the difference in that SWAC championship game, how Southern had their best offensive output of the whole season that year. We'll see. 
We'll see from the first snap offensive for Southern University. Could be wrong, but from all indications, what I'm hearing, Noah Bolton gets the start. Then you look at Willie Totten. Now he'll be calling the plays. So we'll, we can look at that whole game and then at the end see what we see. Will it be the same old, same old with a different quarterback if that's the case? And someone else calling the plays will be able to compare and contrast at least for one game, right? Yeah. So that would be interesting. So here's my prediction. I give Graham the edge on the offensive side, defense, Southern, and special teams. Intangibles, you got Coach Grace, who it will be historic. He was an interim for Graham the State, and they won the Bayou Classic. It could happen this time. Sean Wallace, acting head coach as well. This means a lot for Southern University. They can point in a new and different direction. This could be a start with this football game. I think Southern University wins this football game 28-20. to 20. Now, defensively, Southern is a better team on the defensive side. Can they get pressure on crawling? Can they put together a complete game defensive? They played a lot of snaps. But ultimately, it's going to come down to Southern's offense. Can they get it done? Can they have some explosive plays? This this team all season, they've had explosive plays. They've had many of them. Yeah. So can this offense be consistent enough for uh, four quarters? Again. Noah Bolton, I'm hearing, will get the start. But let's say if he doesn't and Blood gets the start, Charles, it will be a quick hook. Well, I mean it, a quick hook if things don't go right. But I'm yeah. I'm banking on it. I, I think Bolton gets the start, and I'll see if I'm wrong about that. Well, we'll see. We'll see just the play calling. I'm, I'm anxious just as a fan from on top of the mountain that's just looking down on the Bayou Classic just to see what the play calling looks like in certain situations. That's what I'm anxious to see, you know, with Dooley not there, how does the play calling change with Todd and just the, the, just the schemes and how that looks. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Because if you're looking at the same old same, you're going to get the same old result. I think it's going to be different um, just because it has to be. I think fans are clamoring for it to be different. So I, I, I think there will be some some adjustments. How quickly you can install that stuff in these last couple of weeks, we'll see. Um, but uh, that that's what I'm looking at. Southern's defense, no doubt, really good. Special teams, no doubt, can can flip the field. And as you talked about with with the punting and the kicking, but this off this Southern offense is the reason why there's an uproar in the Jaguar Nation right now, no doubt. So we'll see if the play calling and if the offense looks different with the different pieces, especially on the sideline. You know, it's interesting. I've had people, and I'm looking kind of in the chat room, and apparently there is a um, rumor that uh, Hugh Jackson is going to retire after this football game. Uh, And some people are talking about it in in, in the chat room. If that was to be the case, if that's the case, then you'll be looking at, two openings 
<laughs> at both institutions. Um, I, have, you know, I had heard that, you know, I had heard somebody called me early in the week. He said, pay attention. Mm -hmm. There's a possibility through that's being rumored that Hugh Jackson would, would not be back after this Bayou Classic. And I thought that was mm. uh, interesting. Um, so I had heard something. I had heard some some, some scuttlebutt about it early in the week. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that's definitely the case. Wow. It could be, I guess, Bubba McDowell and UAPB football coach in 2024. They're back, but everybody else in the West in the division. We, we 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 shall see uh, about that, but I, I noticed they're discussing that. Um, let's take a couple of questions in there. I Carrie says, consider Willie Totten in your pool of possible coaches, Southern University. Interesting. Never say never, but again, I talk to uh, any and everybody. Um, you know, some people were talking about, well, you know, I'm tired of seeing the same coaches being recycled, yeah. you know, also some in the chat rooms and on social media talked about uh, per se, some young up and coming coach that's hungry. You, it doesn't have to be, and Coach Banks said it doesn't have to have in it somebody with swag and HBCU ties. Um, I'll just put it out there. There has been talk about um, several white head coaches having interest in the Southern University football job. The bottom line for me is getting the best person for the job. That is my criteria. Also, someone who has a, a track record of being a, a, a di disciplined in their football programs. And, and also, uh, you don't have to have the run and shoot spread offense offensively. Defense still wins championships, Charles, and offensively being balanced and being efficient. You know, I, I'm not going to get tied up in, you know, you got to have an offense that scores 40, 50 points a game, five wideouts, all of that. But those are just some of the things. And, and some of the names you're hearing, I, I, I just want the best possible coach that you can get. And then, too, we look at some of the head coaches and what they make in the conference, but I'm going to go to bat for those assistant coaches. You know, those salaries need to be considered as well when you, when you, when you hire somebody. Well, you look, when you, I think for Southern university, I think for Braves fans, you know, we, we want to win right now. You know, Fred McNair has been in this thing a minute. We've won. We've been at almost the highest, the highest level in the conference. We've won SWAC yeah. championships, division ties. We haven't won the celebration bowl. I think Southern University, just like any program, Texas Southern wants a coach that they can feel good about to rally around, to get excited about, and they want to see coaches get off to a good start and have a solid start. What you don't, what fans don't like, is when you when you hear, "Well, we're rebuilding, and it's going to take a little time," and but we're seeing that coaches aren't getting a lot of time these days, especially when you got five coaches making over three hundred thousand dollars a year. And I wouldn't be surprised in 12 months from now, you're going to see a sixth coach out there that's probably going to be making that as well. So the money will dictate the lack of patience. So I think that's going to be, you know, if a, if 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 there's a coach out there that the Jaguar Nation can rally around and get excited about when you hear his name called, 
then I think that will help. But then, you know, we're just fans of you know, we're 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 fans. We we want to see our team win, but then you want to be excited at the same time. And I don't know if you can get the best of both worlds. You know, you hear the celebrity hire Carlos. I, I know you're totally against that. And on social media, social that, media is yes. That is <laughs> disgusting. That is, that, is, that is disgusting. And if somebody comes, comes to me and tells me that sometimes, what's the old saying? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But, but, but I'm yeah. literally going to uh, chastise them. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, it, it, again, it's got to be the best fit, and yeah. we've we've seen the celebrity hire in in, in in one case. One case. Um, has it been successful in other cases? If I have to hear Ed Reed, I don't hear that as much. But Ray Lewis, really, <laughs> really, really, no. Well, you know, Warren no. Sapp is now joining Colorado staff, and if. You you remember, if you remember when Dion got to Jackson State, Warren Sapp's name came up to work at Jackson State. But it, it, whatever happened, I think he might have had another opportunity and didn't take it at the time. But Warren Sapp could have been at Jackson State. He winds up at Colorado. So that, that's, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there just, just for the sake of the celebrity stuff. But I, I just think that, you know, the Jaguar Nation, like all of our fans, we're hungry. We want to win. We want to win right now. Mm-hmm. And you want to get excited and rally around whoever that hire is. So I think that's going to be the interesting, you know, like who's, if, if it's in fact, we're looking for an OC special teams coach, who is, who's going to be that. It's going to be, you know, our fans going to be excited about, about that situation. So I think that's kind of where we are with fandom. We want it right now. And because the, the West is wide open, the East is FAMU right now going full steam ahead. Who's the number two? Is it, is it Alabama state? Probably. Probably the number number two Jackson State's looking for a quarterback, I think. So there's a little bit of uncertainty there, but low in. But the West is wide open, and you just got to take hold of it and, and get the best pieces to fit you the best. And here's see, here's what I want to see. If I, I remember back when Coach Richardson first game, I was there against Northwestern State, and and you set the bar here. Then you want to see improvement year two. Year three, year four. Sometimes you have, we talk about all the time, 1994, Southern University football team on paper was the best team assembled, but they didn't have a winning record. I mean, they had a winning record, but they were like six and five, okay? But it's not that you want to see win now and win immediately. Yeah, that's still the goal each and every year, but you want to see production. You want to see a football program and team get better game by game, year by year. And if you don't get that, no, you're not going to get five years, in my opinion, if if you graph it on a, on a bar and you start here and then you're going down like this. It, it tells me the trend is, you know, you're going to continue to go down. Now, you may bounce back one year later, but I look at the, the, the overall body of work. Then you look at, for example, Coach Oliver. Go look at his first two years. First year wasn't standard high. Got a little bit better the second year, but see, the third year, and then after, I guess, about last 22, 23 conference games, 
something like 19 and three. So you, you see the projection, you saw, you saw the improvement. And if you, if you get that, if that's the case, then that's what you bank on. And then your overall body work is good. You have a down year. Okay. It happens for injuries or whatever. But if I go into Alcorn's case, Coach McNair has those division titles on his resume. Now, the only thing you could probably tell me is since they moved to the Western Division, they hadn't had a title. Came close this season, but didn't get it done. I think Jackson State will still be Jackson State. I, I just think you can't just cast them off. Yeah, FAMU is the dominant team this year. But 2024, it's a new year. It starts over again. And every program wants to get better. Every program. Got about a minute or two left. Uh, uh, I see a message from Brett Clark. Need to start a wrestling program at these schools. I think Morgan State is the only HBCU. And there, there was some talk of another university but then, you know, with the Title IX situation, if you do, you have a one men's sport, you got to have a, 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 a women's sport. Hell, can you have wrestling for men and women? You got professional boxing to have a, a women division, MLA fighting. Um, but, it, but, but it's going to be interesting. The, the Bayou Classic at 1 p.m. today, Charles, you got Grambling State. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, I got Southern University. Some people are not surprised by that. Keys to victory in this ballgame for uh, the women. Uh, the keys to victory for, for Grambling, I think offensively they have to be efficient. Defensively they have to get off the field. For Southern University, you got to find an identity on offense. Uh, I think their defense is good enough. Mm -hmm. And special teams could play a big uh, part. Uh, special teams are going to be – yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, special teams is going to be key. You know, I think what the Braves try to do is kind of kick it away um, from those guys. And But I think, you know, for Grambling, I think they'll probably play it straight up and just hope they can cover. Well, on that note, I want to thank Melody, uh, producer today's show, all of our guests, uh, you, Charles. And look, it, it was a, a, a interesting, yeah, I care say made the best team win. Um, Thanksgiving. It's come and gone. Charles, if I got to go back to eating less, I enjoyed myself a little <laughs> bit, maybe too much, but um, hopefully everyone had a, a great time. We're going to talk some uh, basketball. Um, I, I reached out to the commissioner. By the way, I, I saw him at the Southern Board of Supervisors, and um, uh, it looks like he's ready to, to, to come back on. Uh, the Coles Brown show, but it'll be basketball talk. By the way, Jackson State with a big victory over Missouri. Yeah. That's the third big victory. One on the women's side with Grambling State, uh, Southern against uh, UNLV, and Jackson State uh, against Missouri. I think you may see one or two more. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think we, you know we're 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 playing some really good basketball. Uh, 
it was a tough women's game last night that's made the rounds on the women's side, Valley and South Carolina. Well, we'll we're going to talk about that next week because I, I found some some interesting nuggets out about that guarantee and payout for that game. Um, I'll I'll just save all that for next week. We we don't have time to talk about it this week, but uh, just interesting how you get these games and, you know, we'll just talk about it next week. As Reverend Ike would say, not all money is good money. Yeah. Wait a minute, did he say that? Reverend Ike, he said (laughs) Wait a minute, he said the lack of money is a root of all evil. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, Thank uh, Melanie for producing all the guests and those in the chat room. We'll see you next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Peace and God bless.